You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Whatever you do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. Former Packers executive Andrew Brandt is on the show today to talk about the Packers situation, to talk about contracts in general, what this new media rights deal could mean for the looming cap situation in 2021. And so there's a lot to get to there. We're also going to talk about his memories of Ted Thompson and his relationship uh, to watching mostly Aaron Rodgers. So this is something that I think is going to be a lot of fun. I think you're really going to like it. Andrew is an extremely insightful um, and thoughtful guy. And and what I think is really um, great for us is he understands a side of the game that we don't generally get a lot of insight into. And because he is a professor by trade now, he's really good at explaining it. And sometimes that can be the hardest part. You know, it's one thing to understand how something works. It's another thing to be able to articulate it, explain it, and make it relatable to your audience. In that vein, I want to bring up something that is related to all of this. So Rob Domovsky was looking at the salary cap situation, and he suggested and not just suggested but said that he thinks the Packers are going to do with Aaron Rodgers 2021 money what they did with David Bakhtiari's signing bonus or roster bonus and that is converted to signing bonus and what that does is spread the money out you have you know if you have three more years on a deal as as the Packers do with Rodgers Now, if it's signing bonus, you can spread that money out over the remaining years and the player doesn't have any say. They don't have to restructure it. They don't have to go to him. So what I have seen mostly is the Packers, you know, the suggestions that have been out there, oh, you know, turn some amount of it into signing bonus so that you're saving some money, but you're not tying yourself in on on Rodgers in that 2023 season when, you know, right now it's, it's pretty easy to move on. It's actually, it's actually pretty easy to move on after 2021 as well. If you move that money, if you turn the, the money in 2021 into bonus, it becomes much more difficult in 2022 to move on from Aaron Rodgers, which is exactly the point that those who are defending Rodgers and saying, hey, the Packers should do this, are making, right? You're saving the money, which can help you go in a Super Bowl. You add some players or keep some players that you want to keep, and you are making your quarterback happy, presumably. 
And not only would he be happy, you accelerate all that money that he gets. He gets it right away. You got to pay him. Um, that's how that works. So, and you get the the longer term, it's not long term, but you get the longer term stability for Rodgers. He gets the team saying, hey, we're investing in you. The question the Packers have to ask themselves is how much of the, is that flexibility worth to them? Because the salary cap sounds like it's going to be higher than we thought. The new floor is 180 million. It's probably going to be more than that. I I think it's going to be 185, they're probably less than 190, but in that 185 range the Packers can carry over a little bit. And so that could put them in a decent position without having to do anything that they didn't really have to do without having to do anything they weren't going to otherwise do, things like cut Preston Smith and cut Christian Kirksey that they would be in an okay position moving forward. If you move all that money from Aaron Rodgers, you can save $14 million this year. Well, that puts you in a really good place because to get under the cap, they really only need to to move 21, 22 more million. And, And that's assuming a 180 cap. You do the Rodgers signing bonus deal and you cut Preston Smith. Cut Christian Kirksey. You're there. You're there. Then you can figure the rest out because they're going to have to do more if they want to sign draft picks, if they want to sign free agents, um, and they do have to sign their draft picks, by the way. Uh, They're going to have to create more room, but that gives you time. You can work on a deal with Devontae Adams. You can work on a a restructure with Zedarius Smith. That stuff, you have time. You need to get under the cap by the start of the new league year. So that just, you have to do that. And if you want J.J. Watt, you have to get under the cap and then some, assuming he's going to sign before the new league year starts in mid-March. What the Packers have to determine is how much that flexibility with Rodgers is worth to them. If you move the money out, you are committing to Rodgers in at least 2022. So that means Jordan Love doesn't play 2020, doesn't play 2021, doesn't play 2022. By the way, Andrew Brandt, who's going to be on the show shortly, said when the Packers drafted Jordan Love that Aaron Rodgers is going to be gone in two years. Rookies just don't sit. Now, Brian Gutekinst said last month, hey, look, rookies have sat here before and it's worked out great for us. So, you know, why would we worry about it? We're not worried about it. It's going to be fine. He's If he sits, it's great. We've seen guys have success sitting in Green Bay, and that's true. I don't know that we will learn what the Packers think about Jordan Love in this process, though. If they just decide to say, screw it, we're not going to do anything, they've they've telegraphed their future. If they don't move any of Rodgers' money, given the circumstances, given the, the COVID circumstances, unless the cap goes up by a lot, A lot more than we think, unless it's like 190, you know, 185, 188. There was a report that, you know, there are some people in in the NFL who think it's going to be 188. Well, that would only be 10 million less than than it is this year. And that would leave Green Bay in a decent position. You know, you wouldn't have to restructure that money. You could, you know, you could do the, the Preston and Kirksey cuts and still have some room that you could, you know, do the Lowry cut. And now you're in a decent position moving forward. That wouldn't be the case otherwise. If they don't do anything, they're essentially saying this is the team 
that we're going to go into battle within 2021 and then Aaron Rodgers is done. We we are so sure that we're going to move on and go to Jordan Love that we can't push that money out. We can't push that money out. Now in 2023 it's only 9 million in dead cap about. If they were to push out and and advance all of this money to a signing bonus. You're adding that money to his 2023 number. He's going to play 2021. We know that. It doesn't seem weird to me to say, hey, uh, you were the league MVP in 2020. Um, We are fine committing to your existence on this franchise in 2022. That doesn't seem like a weird take. You'd really have to think Jordan Love is superstar special to be in a position where you're going to tell the league MVP, hey, we only want you for one more year. I mean, that's last dance stuff. That's Michael Jordan at the end stuff. It's hard for me to believe that even if Brian Gutekinds wanted to do that, that Mark Murphy isn't getting involved, that Matt LaFleur isn't lobbying, and that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't go on every talk show to try and throw his body in front of this. I just don't see that happening. So, especially because J.J. Watt is available. And that is the kind of move that can make you a Super Bowl team. You have to do this. You have to do it. And Domovsky is not a hot take artist. Um, You know, we disagree on some certain things. He's a take the points guy. He thinks you should always kick field goals. And you should never go for two early in a game. I don't. I think he's wrong about that. (laughs) And um, the math agrees. But uh, I don't think he is the kind of reporter who would say that if he hadn't heard that it was at least likely, now that's not 100%, but at least likely that that was going to happen. It is a win-win it gives the Packers roster flexibility. It gives Rodgers some, some clarity on his future. And it gives you the chance to have the league MVP for an extra year. That seems like a no-brainer to me. And the Packers, for whatever fan cynicism you want to have, consistently make the right decisions on, on this kind of stuff. And so I think they're going to get it done. All right, we'll get to Andrew in just a second, but before we do, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They've got new flavors. The new flavors are unbelievable. This this coconut flavor that they've got right now, the, it is, it's unfair how good it is. It, it is truly as good as any candy bar out there. And these things, that yes, they're covered in chocolate, but they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And for whatever reason, You guys have really started buying them at a high rate, which I love. And guess what? Everyone who has said, hey, I bought some, has come back and said, dude, they're so good. I can't believe it. Everyone. So why are you not with them? Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's bring in our friend Andrew Brandt. He is a former Packers exec. You can follow him on Twitter at Andrew Brandt. Andrew, thanks for coming on Lockdown Packers. It's good to be with you. Yeah, always good to talk about my former team. You see my helmet back there. So 
Uh, my, my roots run deep. So uh, as you can tell with my Twitter, like yours, <laughs> it's still a fan at heart. Which is, which, which is, is great. Which is great. Uh, and we'll get, uh, to, the we'll get to the Packers in a little bit, in a little bit. But, but a lot of the, the, lot of the bit- side is what dominates the conversation right now. You know, we're, we're talking uh, just, a, you know, an hour or two after the Carson Wentz trade. And that's another reminder that the business side can get crazy at times here. The, the salary cap has been a big point of contention. The Packers are over the cap as of right now. There is this report, though, that we could get a new meteorites deal here in the next couple of weeks, potentially before the new league year opens. From your perspective, if you're sitting in a front office, are, are you thinking, OK, this could this could uh, cause the owners to say, hey, maybe we'll think about cap smoothing or backfilling or whatever those things. Do you think that changes their perspective at all? Yeah, I think theoretically it might, but everything I'm hearing from kind of inside sources around the league is they want the players to take their pain now because the owners took their pain in 2020. In other words, they played without fans largely. Um, I think the total amount of fans league-wide came out to like 7% compared to 2019. Mm -hmm. To look at a 93% reduction in game day expenses, you're not just talking about fans, you're talking about parking and concessions and sponsor activations and everything that goes on game day, as I know so well from Green Bay, that's a massive hit. So you tell the owners, hey, let's smooth it out. And they're like, no, we took our pain in 2020. You're going to take your pain in 2021, which is why sort of the noise you hear about the new cap is not anywhere near the existing cap of 198 million. It's probably going to go below 190 and maybe as low as 180, which is now the, the lowest it can go. And, um, you know, what you're talking about with the media deals and reports of we all know they're going to be massive because there's no there's no programming on television like NFL. It's the best. The question is when they kick in in 2023, 2024, you know, then we'll talk about some healthy, robust cap increases. But I don't think the smoothing argument is going to work with ownership right now. So when we try and figure out, okay, the Packers, they, they go on this, this spending spree in 2019. Some of that is is going to be... On the chopping block, I think, with Preston Smith facing um, these bigger cap hits. And we've seen the Packers in the past structure these contracts. Um, You sort of call it the two years and then we'll see. Yeah, I mean, having done contracts for the Packers for 10 years, basically what we asked each other, what I asked myself when I'm doing the contract is it's just not a great way to look at it. But as you're someone who's risk averse like me, like, when can we get out? Like. If things don't work like Carson Wentz, when can we get out without a lot of pain? And the overriding number, even for the best players, is two years. So what teams do in the NFL, not only the Packers, every team, is they'll allow for guarantees in the first one or two years, which is the lowest risk for a team, of course. That's the lowest risk you have. You just sign the guy. He's not going to be a bust right away. And then you have an ability to get out after two years. And that tends to be what happens not only with potentially Preston, but a lot of free agents. You know, when these big contracts are signed in March, you'll see me tweet out, uh, here are the cuts for 2023. (laughs) Because that tends to be what happens. The big money goes out in two years and then they're on the chopping block. So these are going to be tough decisions for the Packers and all teams as we face this diminution of cap. 
there is this this idea that there are going to be then um, you're going to you're going to take the the middle class of free agents and they may have to be taking significant pay cuts that, you know, the the, the top end, the Allen Robinsons, the Kenny Galladay's, they're still going to get paid. It's this middle class that could be squeezed the most. Do you see that that potentially being the case here? I do. And I and I and that's not different than non pandemic free agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we've seen year after year is what I call the 10 to 15 golden ticket winners. So the golden ticket winners, and every year it's a new crop, um, you know, like Sidarius and Preston, like Nick Foles, like the, the guys that come out every year. And then it really, I think more so lately, again, non-pandemic, we've seen middle free agency, the second wave of free agency becoming almost like one-year deals. And then the third wave is musical chairs, get a seat before they, they're taken away. Um, so I think that'll be accelerated this year, but you're right. You know, the 10 to 15 golden ticket winners with or without a diminished cap are gonna get their money. And let's be clear, there are teams with a lot of cap room. I mean, everyone thinks these teams are all over the cap, no. Indianapolis, San Francisco, Jacksonville, even Tampa, Cleveland, you know, lots of England. New England, of course. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, I think there'll be some big deals. For the Packers, they're looking at a situation with Aaron Rodgers, and Rob Domofsky said this yesterday, that there could be a situation where they take his 2021, the full boat, the, the base and the roster bonus, accelerate it, making a signing bonus, and spread it across multiple years they could, if they do the whole thing, they're they're talking about almost fourteen million in in cap alleviation in twenty twenty one. Given the way that Rodgers played, weighed against the succession plan with Jordan Love and the picks that they made, why wouldn't they do that? I mean, that's going to create a lot of dead money if they move on from Aaron, which is obviously the big question. Um, <laughs> you're not talking my language at the Packers because. I tried to resist that temptation all the time because my goal, my legacy, I thought was to leave the Packers in as good a shape as possible. Not have them burdened with a big number at that time for Brett Favre and we left and he only had 600,000 in dead money. I just think that uh, Aaron Rodgers is not gonna finish his contract in Green Bay if he's got three years left. You know, Jordan Love's gonna play. And, and it, just like Aaron, first round quarterbacks play. It's just a question of when, not backup, play. So I've talked about this about Aaron, and I think his comments after the season reflected this. Not so much he wants out, like people are you know, trying to sensationalize it. Just that he wants clarity. Um, you know, I think he was a good soldier since April, much better than Favre was in my day. <laughs> um, and like, okay, now, you know, I was the MVP, now what's the plan? And we have this unique situation, Pete, that, in one, in one sentence, you have Aaron Rodgers, the MVP of the NFL, and a placeholder, which is really what he is. He's a placeholder. Yeah. Because Love is going to play either next year or the year after, it seems. And, you know, it's really an interesting dynamic going on. So they can, they can create the cap room from Aaron, but it's it's going to cost them down the road. So the thing that I, that I think we... 
as when as we discussed JJ Watt, and we're you know almost ten minutes into the podcast, we haven't mentioned JJ Watt, which fans are going to go, why haven't we talked about JJ Watt yet? You often talk about this idea that cap room can be an excuse that if you want to sign a player, you can sign a player, but there's trade-offs. So just, I know that that's something that a lot of, you know, this idea that the cap is fake, that's, that's the big thing. Give me your perspective on that. Well, I think when you start talking about free agency, for example, you know, we just mentioned a few teams with a ton of cap room. They may not be the teams signing the big free agents. And they may be teams with no cap room. So the point is, cap room can be an excuse. Cap room can be a, uh, a nice way to get out from not paying a player. But cap room can always be fungible because the reason why Wentz is creating such dead money, why Aaron could create such dead money is exactly what you just talked about. You can take a big salary. You can convert it to bonus, push out the problem, create cap room. And because you can do that, you can sign whoever you want to sign. You know, it's like you can do that. It's just paying later. So, you know, when I had uh, Ron Wolf or Mike Sherman or Ted Thompson say to me, Andrew, can we do this? You know, one of the things I always said is, if we're only worried about this year, we can do anything. You know, we can do any. I can do anything. You know, if you if we think like the Chinese are coming and next year's <laughs> not going to happen. Right. We can do that. You know, uh, I tended to be, as you can tell, a more um, future focused cap manager trying to protect the future rather than mortgage it. So we'll see. Um, but I think every team, the Packers included right now, they're looking for fat. Where can we trim the fat off this roster? Forget about cap restructure, actual release where you yeah. have player off the roster, millions and millions of savings. It, it reminds me of, you know, my wife and I are, are trying to look for a house right now and our real estate agent keeps saying, we talk about remodeling this, doing that, like, hey, can we do that? And she goes, yeah, of course you can do it. It just, it's gonna cost. And you can do anything. It's just, are you willing to eat the cost? And the New Orleans Saints have been, you know, they've been eating the cost for half a decade now. And at some point they're gonna have to pay the piper on that. With yeah, Aaron. and again, back to the quarterbacks. They're going to walk away. Breeze is going to walk away, and they're going to have $22 million on their cap. Golf walks. They trade Golf, $22 million on their cap. They trade Wentz, $34 million on their cap. I mean, I just think that is so, such a debilitator. You know, wait, how many players can you sign for $22 million? Like, right. you know, you could probably have 15 players in rookie contracts. Uh, for $22 million. So these are the kind of things that, you know, you have to think about. One of the the concepts that 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 usually goes along with this idea of, oh, we're going to we're going to push it down the line. I think that's what fans think of when they think of this idea of going all in. Let's go all in. And, and I, I, I think what they mean is damn the consequences and damn the torpedoes. Like that's what that's what they're. Their, their idea of this is, do you think there is a, a sort of consequence, um, not consequence free, but sort of a, a, a more uh, balanced way to quote unquote, go all in? Yeah. I mean, the problem with going all in is when you don't win until right. <laughs> you're stuck with an aging team and you don't have resources. So, um, 
Yeah, I think there's a balance. I think there's a way to have veterans uh, not be completely draft and develop. You know, as the Packers have been, I think we get a bad rap. We did and we still do get a bad rap for be, for totally eschewing free agency. Now the team's very heavily free agent. Um, and even back in my day, obviously Charles Woodson, but there were others uh, all the way up to Julius Peppers. So, um, you know, I think they get a bad rap for that. And, you know, maybe it's still on the side of uh, the pendulum that's not the all-in side, but you try to f- strike that balance. I want to talk about your time with the Packers. Um, we, we lost Ted Thompson this year. And you, I, I thought, gave um, a, a nice tribute to um, your experiences with Ted. I, I would love it if you could... You know, if there's an anecdote or, or a memory that comes to mind that you think sort of embodies, um, whether it's your relationship or what what Ted was for that organization. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple ones I mentioned before. When I started February 1999, Ron Wolf, <laughs> of course, he didn't have an office for me. So he walks me down and he says, sit here. And there's this white haired guy. <laughs> and so long story short, I shared an office for a year and a half with Ted. I hardly ever saw him because he's scouting all the time. And even when he was there, he hardly talked. Um, and then he went off, as you know, to Seattle to run their personnel for five years, I believe. Came back as general manager, told me right away, first day, like, Andrew, we're not going to sign free agents. You know, that's not my gig. It's, not, it's dangerous waters and all the reasons he gave. Um, but, you know, when we drafted Aaron, a couple things, you know, the coaches were going nuts in that room, seeing what was going to happen. Like, how could we take a player that would not help us this year? Maybe not next year. Maybe never. Maybe never. And they're judged. Coaches are judged on immediate results. And the room was getting combustible then. It was just a mess. And I was kind of, you know, the coaches were trying to yank me and say, you know, please make our case to Ted because they, <laughs> they wouldn't have a case without me. And I looked at Ted and then I said, you know, what are we thinking here? Because Brett's going to be mad. They're going to be mad. Aaron's probably not going to be happy coming to a place he won't play. Uh, fans are going to be mad, you know, all this stuff. And he says, what do you always say, Andrew? We, we say, trust the board. And these guys, he points to the scouts just spent six months putting this together. And they're telling us the top player on our pick is Rogers. And he was true to his principles. I mean, and you know what, Peter, I talked about this, that when we made that pick and that Lambeau field draft party below us, right below us at, at Lambeau, the booing shook our souls. Mm-hmm. It shook our soul. Like, Oh my God, are we going to have, pitchforks like breaking through up here (laughs) like it shook our souls and of course brett called the coach and brett's agent called me and you know it's a lot to manage but you know there's no one more responsible for aaron Rodgers than ted thompson and then the last thing is when we had that first minicamp practice and aaron gets out there with the second team or maybe the third team and he takes the ball he does some move like you see a thousand times, gets away from traffic, 
rolls right and throws a dart on a rope 60 yards to Donald Driver. Ted had never showed emotion, but I caught eyes with him. I caught eyes with him right then. And he gave me that look like, we're good. <laughs> like, we're good. You know, like, this is the future. And he was certainly willing to turn the keys over to Aaron when we did. Last thing here, uh, and I really appreciate you being generous with your time. Mm -hmm. As you, I mean, you were there for the genesis of Aaron Rodgers. We don't quite know what the end of his career is going to look like, but what has it been like for you to see it both up close and personal and from afar to see that guy from that moment when you had Bedlam at Lambeau Field to then now he is becoming, you know, one of the most beloved players in franchise history and is going to be a Hall of Fame player. Yeah, I mean, first of all, don't give me or anyone too much credit. <laughs> we didn't know. I mean, we knew we liked him as much as anyone in the draft at our pick, but no one knew what he would become. And, you know, I say it all the time, the best player in football fell into our lap, really fell into our lap. We wanted to take DeMarcus Ware and all these other guys. And it happened. And then you have to manage it. You know, you have to manage Brett. You have to manage Aaron, whose camp is saying, is he ever going to play? You know, is Brett ever going to retire? And that, that's tough. But yes, when I watch the NFL, I think how different it would have been if that draft went differently. Or while we're on the clock, if that phone rang, which it never rang, someone to offer something for Rodgers. But it is interesting. You know, I'm biased like you. I think he brings something, obviously on the field, but I think off the field that I'm not sure we appreciate enough. Sure, he's cocky and confident and all that, but there's a thoughtfulness to Aaron uh, that we don't see, you know, in, in athletes. Very rarely do they are as honest and open as Aaron Rodgers. His, his appearances with Pat McAfee this year, I think, are the best media in the NFL because he's just thoughtful, you know, and he's honest. And he doesn't play the cliche game and he, you know, he calls people out. You know, it's just like, who does that anymore? Because now we hide behind Twitter and we hide behind PR statements and agents. Um, so there's a thoughtfulness and introspection to him that I think we're really going to miss one day when he's no longer here. I want to thank Andrew again for joining the show. Awesome insight there from him. He's just a, an easy guy to talk to, I have to be honest. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. We've got golf, we've got soccer, a ton of stuff for you to gamble on. Award shows, TV shows, reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Right now, go to the website or the mobile device and sign up today to receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Be sure to use the promo code LOCKED ON to get that 50% deposit bonus. All right, we're going to be back next week. A little bit closer to free agency, which starts in mid-March. The new league here is upon us. Don't expect to hear about a full salary cap number for a couple weeks, at least a week or two. 
they're still trying to figure this out. Uh, and and uh, we're, I think teams are going to have to operate as as it's under a lower number to try and get under the cap. We're going to see more of these cap casualties. I mean, Kawan Short gets cut, could be someone that if he's going to come cheap, Green Bay could be interested in. There's going to be a lot of guys, and, and you heard Andrew say it, that are going to get squeezed. And so Green Bay could be in those markets. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.